Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and attorney Althea DeVar Johnson. Well, hello, 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 Mind Your Business Radio listeners. We are here in the city of Atlanta, in the middle of Atlanta, Althea. Yes, in a, in a historic building. Good morning, listeners. Um, and we're just having a good time looking at the sky, skyline here and um, being in this historic building. Well, we are here. What's the name of this building, Tarek? The Flatiron Building. Flatiron Building. I am here with Tiffany Green Abdullah and her husband, Tarek. Abdullah, sorry I mentioned her name first, but it's all, it's, you're the mi- minority today, Terry. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's great to be in that position. Oh, okay. Oh, absolutely. Well, Althea, I'm going to tell, tell a little bit of, uh, uh, about Tiffany and Tarek to our listeners. Yes. Um, Tiffany is a visionary leader in education. She's right across the street at Georgia State University. Um, she was the first recipient of the Masters of Education in Education and Technology from Peabody School of Education at Vanderbilt. All right. Isn't that serious? That's very serious. Ms. Green Abdullah is a certified project manager and serves as the chair of the TCAAD board. We'll get to that. we got to understand what that is later. Um, and she is strong in technology. Uh, and she says she's a culturally, uh, she, and she develops culturally responsive learning programs in science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. We call that STEM, and she has STEAM because of the arts that's in there. All right, and so she is a, a board member of Booker T. Washington High School, uh, and so I, she's an advisor, uh, and also she is the right hand to the architect whose office we are in, right? Oh, she's the good man. <laughs> she's the good man. But after reading her bio, I can see why Tariq uh, stalked her oh, and, yeah. eventually, and, and eventually <laughs> married her. That's okay. Right. <laughs> Tariq, you're, you're, you're in the minority. You. <laughs> minority. You're just going to have to take what we just shout today, Tariq. This okay. is yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so we are here, uh, actually here in Tarek's office, uh, in the middle of downtown at the Flatiron Building. And Tariq Abdullah is the principal architect of Tarkitects LLC, the architectural design firm he developed to provide architectural solutions and seek and uh, to maintain and enhance the urban environment, particularly as it relates to education. Serving as a bridge between the architectural and social fabrics of community is part of Mr. Abdullah's uh, life work. He hosts internships, opportunities regularly at his firm, and also offers design fellowships for architect students at uh, Georgia Tech and SCAD, um, which is the uh, arts, uh, what is it, Savannah? Savannah. Yeah, Savannah Savannah College of Arts. uh, And his concentrated effort to develop, uh, effort to uh, help propel them into their design careers. We are here with Mr. and Mrs. Abdullah here at Tarkitex firm. And I can can testify that um, Tark has been helping me with a project. Really? And he's been doing an excellent job because, of course, I couldn't have gotten through the way with the city of Atlanta on my own. So I just want to say thank you and to make sure that the listening audience know that you are a very fine architect. All right, awesome. Well, first of all, Tarek, you know, I, I when I first met you, I was very impressed, right? We met through Toastmasters, but I was very impressed. You know, a black architect doing his thing, having his firm, and now I'm here actually live at your firm, and I'm very impressed. Matter of fact, the building that we're in is like an architect's dream, right? Absolutely. Tell, tell us a little bit about this building where you're housed. Well, my, my wife, Tiffany, uh, she actually helped seek out this space here. Um, and Should I think, we be surprised about that? No. Not at all. Not <laughs> we're, at all. We're, we're not surprised. I mean, but our listeners might be. But she's, very, <laughs> she's very much a resource to any and everything that I'm involved mm-hmm. with, including TCAT. But as far as um, Flatiron Building here, um, it's called the Flatiron City Building. It's mm-hmm. been newly renovated. Um, its completion was, actually officially today is the grand opening. Yes. We um, saw the mayor out there. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And serendipitously, 
the day I actually walked into this building, Kasim was walking out, and we shook wow. hands. So that was definitely a great, a great mm-hmm. sign for me that I was in the right place. Well, I know when Althea walked and I walked in the building today, we were on the red carpet. And so I knew there was something special going on here today. Right, absolutely. So they're doing the, the official grand opening today. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hall's outside. Again, Mayor Kasim Reed and a number of other delegates from the city of Atlanta. Very proud for this to be such a jewel uh, in the community. All right. Well, that's awesome. So now I want to hear a little bit about your firm because, you know, one thing I understand about, you know, black professionals, black attorneys, CPAs, architects, there are not a lot of us. So I need to know your story, Tarek. I mean, you know, you didn't just have a come from a long line of architects, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. I think you came from a long line of lawyers, right? I actually do have a number of lawyers in my family. Okay, all right. So my grandmother's a lawyer. Um, I have two attorneys um, as cousins, as well as my uncle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So uh, so you're right, Althea. Um, But in terms of architecture, Mm -hmm. I'm the first architect, as we know, in in my family. Um, I'm six of seven of my mother's children. Mm. And... um, all of my older siblings were homeschooled, and I used to like draw on the floor while they were doing their okay. uh, their homeschool work. And I would ask my oldest brother Farouk and my oldest sister Amina to draw me a house in a car so that I can color it in. Ah. So I was like three three years old or whatnot, and uh, my grandmother told me that I was going to be an architect. Mm. And ever since then, I've always told anyone who asks what I wanted to be when I grew up wow. that I would be an architectural engineer. Wow. And specifically architectural engineer because my uncle, Uncle Charles, who's here in, um, in Alpharetta now, mm-hmm. uh, or Smyrna, I believe, um, he, he's always driven a Porsche all my life. Uh-huh. Right? And as a kid, that's very impressive to oh, me. Absolutely. So and I knew he was an engineer. I didn't know what type of engineer at the time, but of course I wanted a Porsche. So I said architectural engineer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so every answer would always be an architectural engineer. So, um, however, I never was exposed to architecture mm-hmm. um, until I actually entered the School of Architecture at the University of Detroit Mercy okay. um, when I was I was about 25, 25. Okay. So, okay. Um, and prior to that, I was going to college for an occupational therapist assistant, something oh. very different than wow. architecture. Okay. Um, and that's only because my older brother, he was going to Howard University for physical therapy. So I could see myself doing something similar to what he was doing at the time, right? Even though I, my passion was always architecture. Uh-huh. So um, one of the things that I do in my firm is help to expose children and young adults to architecture and design as a viable career path. Right. Um, you mentioned earlier we've had interns from Georgia Tech and SCAD and a few other um, two-year colleges within DeKalb County and which actually um, has Georgia State. I guess you guys are buying everything, including stadiums these days, Tiffany. <laughs> so one of my interns was actually from uh, Perimeter College, which is now part of Georgia State University. Right, right. Uh, so, so one of the things I, I love to do is help to propel young mm-hmm. designers in the industry. So TCAT is an evolution of that. Well, that you know, that's awesome because, as you know, we both have a passion for education. That's why this is the, what, business education, education. station. <laughs> so we both have a passion for education. We both have a passion for making sure that minorities and women are empowered with Absolutely. information so that they can change their lives. Um, because we can always, we want to take away the excuse that I just didn't know. Now, we can't make you do, but we definitely can put the information out there, right? right. So, so I need to ask you, what does it take to be an architect? Yes. What, what, what does it take? Well, you know, that's changing nowadays. Um, but in general, it takes a, um, a college education from a, an accredited university or college of architecture. Um, and those typically come in a four-year accredited bachelor's degree, or sometimes it's a five-year, just depending on the program. I, myself, attended University of Detroit Mercy, uh, a great school, by the way. Okay. Um, and a, there we have a five-year master's degree program. Uh-huh. Right? So um, you, you achieve your accredited degree, and then you go on to practice architecture under 
a licensed architect. Now you need a bachelor's and a master's before you go into before you actually intern or practice. Or? Well, it's either of the two. Okay. As long as it's an accredited um, degree. Yes. Okay. Now you have some programs where they'll give you an associate. I'm sorry, associate's degrees as well, but also a BS in architecture. Uh -huh. um, for instance, um, in my particular program that I went through at my alma mater, there was a intensive four-year undergrad mm -hmm. and a uh, one-year master's program. So mm -hmm. essentially, it's only a master's program. So you don't receive a undergraduate degree at all. But um, after that, you you work under a licensed architect. Okay. Right. Um, and typically, that's a amounts to about three years worth of actual work in various areas of architecture. So um, project management, design, and so so on, right? So, But typically it takes about six or seven years for someone to achieve that amount of experience. Okay. And one of the things I pride myself on in propelling young designers is to get them through that process quick. Uh -huh. quickly, so. Okay. So, so unlike lawyers, you have to work under someone at first before you can um, maybe strike out on your own. Absolutely, absolutely. So you have to work under a licensed architect for about three years worth of actual work. And again, mm -hmm. that takes longer typically um, because no one's going to really put a fresh out of school you know, designer and manage a project. So mm -hmm. um, and then you sit for your license exam. Oh, okay. oh, then you sit for the license yes. exam. I see. Yeah, that they have. And does it does it differ by state or is that? It does differ okay. by state. Uh -huh. And again, some of this is changing. We're at a point where we're beginning to pivot for the best of the industry um, because it takes so long. Because that's about ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About ten years. Yeah. So mm -hmm. If it takes so long, so what we're trying to do as an industry is reduce that amount of time. So. There's programs out now where you can sit for your license exam immediately following your your degree. Okay, okay. that okay. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But I mean, most you know, depending on the state too, you know, most licenses are becoming harder to get. Oh, you know, nowadays yeah. I, I see that trend. There's either more education required or more work required and things like that. And a lot of times, I think it's it's that way on purpose to try to protect. Um, you know, the, the field, you know, right. the prestige of the field. Absolutely. And so then, how hard is it for you to get in this type of program and to um, work up under a, uh, another architect? How difficult is that? It's just as easy as any other architect, any other degree program, I would say. Um, it's really, and I believe one of you touched on it earlier, it's really about the exposure. You know, mm -hmm. specifically in our communities as mm -hmm. African Americans, we need to really expose our young adults and our, really our high schoolers and our middle schoolers, right. you know, even K-12, right. is a K-12 school. Right. So we need to expose them to viable career paths in and around design mm -hmm. and design thinking, including architecture, engineering, creative mediums. Right, and I think that's something you're now getting ready or you have formed with this charter school. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're, we're developing the charter school, so we're in the petitioning process. Okay. So um, essentially a charter school is a public school where the, the local board of that school has autonomy to control the budget, develop the curriculum, hire the teachers. I mean, they pretty much run the school separate from the school district. Okay. Right. So um, there's a number of uh, um, there's a few different ways you be, you can become a charter school. You can go through your local school district, or you can go through other authorizing organizations. So in Georgia, that's the district, or that's the state charter commission. Okay. So well, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we, we're going to we're going to wrap up in a break pretty soon, but we're going to talk about that because I really want to spend a big segment of the show talking about this charter school that you guys are doing because I think that that's awesome. That kind of goes along with um, everything you've been trying to tell me about you know the whole continuum of okay, I'm doing the architecture, but I want to educate. You know, I want this to turn into an education vehicle. You know, for young people so that they can have that exposure. So. No one in your family was an architect, right? But do you would you suggest that a young person who wants to become an architect needs to know how to draw? What's the most important thing? Do they need to have a science background, a math background, drawing? What what, what type of background do they need? 
it's really rooted in design thinking. So it's not necessary that you come into college knowing how to draw, but they will teach you those things. Too. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to get more into that, Tariq, because I do find your work very interesting, okay, because I can't even draw a stick person. So we're going to be right back. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. All right, we're back with Tarkitects. Well, you know, Dr. Flo, as always, we have the most interesting conversations <laughs> off uh, air than we do on air sometimes. But um, we are going to talk to um, our guests here about how difficult was it for you to start this practice? Um, what are some of the challenges that you had to or you faced in, in starting this practice? Well, with Tarkitex, it's definitely been a unique experience um, of my life. And it's not too different, I would say, uh, than some of the other firms that have survived the, survived the downturn in the economy. The housing market particularly? Absolutely. Or? Okay. Absolutely. All right. So in 2008, well, remember, oh, we don't yes. want to go yeah. too far back there. Right, right. But we know what happened there. And yes. that's actually the year I started my architecture firm. Wow. Right. I had received the master's degree in architecture, and I really wasn't about to sit on my hands on something I'm passionate about. Right, right. So for me, Tarkitex was very much so a means to actually maintain my practice in the field of architecture. But why, why didn't you just go to work for somebody? Every single interview that I had, <laughs> the person that got me the interview, they were losing their jobs. Oh, yeah, wow. So right. in 08, there were many industries going down, That's but right. they were behind architecture and construction going down. No one was building anything for a number of years. Right. So I took that time to really hone in on my project management skills, and that's where I got my MBA, right, on mm -hmm. the street. That's you know right. I mean? So I started my firm um, literally out of a 90-square-foot office. Yes. And it has been a success. Um, but it's been definitely difficult, Althea, you mentioned um, regarding that, in terms of practicing as a, as a designer first, right? Mm -hmm. Initially, I started, I wasn't licensed, so I had to know exactly what I could build mm -hmm. and what I could, uh, what type of projects I can have legally, right, right? right? Now, the fact of the matter is my five-year-old son, if he knew how to draw enough to actually provide services for, say, me and his mom, you know, mm -hmm. and redesign an addition to our house, right? if he could actually do that, well enough, that is fine. Right. right. So there's different types of, um, but he couldn't build a, he couldn't design a, um, a place of assembly, right? Uh -huh. He couldn't design certain types of buildings and building classes because that's considered um, an area where you have to have a have license, license. professional. Sure. Okay. Okay. So I understood that very well. And um, sitting with a number of my mentors at the time, architects and businessmen, they really helped to steer me. And to make sure that I didn't bump my head up against right. something that I shouldn't, that I want to avoid. So it, it was difficult, and it definitely took a creative mind to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, And I would say coming from where, where I've come from, the inner cities of Detroit, Michigan, a single-family home, mm -hmm. and we didn't have much coming up. Just to survive, you have to be creative. Oh, right, so that's anyway, right. And that's what we're recognizing with the school, which Tiffany will talk about in a minute here. Mm -hmm. But... I've always said that some of the most creative individuals come from a place where they have the least. That's chance. right. That's right. Okay. So, yes. so understanding that I had to survive in something that I, um, you know, really sacrificed mm -hmm. to achieve this degree in architecture. Right. And prior to that, I would mention that I didn't, I don't have a GED, an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree. But I have a fully accredited master's degree in architecture from the University of Detroit Mercy. Wow. Right. So that was a huge leap for me. Uh -huh, right. So uh -huh. there was no way that I was going to sit on my hands about it. Right. Right. So I started the design firm and eventually um, brought in a partner. Mm -hmm. um, and 
he actually kind of said as a kind of a, a silent partner in a sense, but he was very much involved in the day-to-day operations. Now, is he an architect? Is yes. Your, okay. Yes. He was, was he, so he had his license prior to you. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. That makes so sense. Some of my very mentors. Very smart. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So some of my mentors and people who I really uh, model my firm and, mm-hmm. and uh, practice after is one Yahya Hassan here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Dan Patera, an architect out of Detroit, um, Detroit, Michigan. He's actually a Georgia Tech grad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a few others. But those specifically, um, I would also say Rainy Hamilton. Um, he was my AIA mentor at the okay. American Institute of Architects. Make right. sure that um, graduates and um, you know students in architecture have a pro- professional that they can be mentored by right. even before graduation. So speaking to these architects... Um, I was able to navigate my way into an industry successfully. Okay. And, you know, okay, so when you first started, uh, who, were, who were your clients when you first started? I'm glad who you were, asked that question because I was going to just ask that question. <laughs> who were your clients when you first started? And let's talk about who your clients are now because I know Absolutely. we had a big celebration of you passing this you know, this, this mo- monstrous exam. Yeah. Yes. And so, <laughs> right, so, so, so who were your clients? <laughs> Seven, yes. Wow. So who were you? Because I, I tell my students all the time now, I'm like, you all are wussies. You all just don't understand. So you pass one of these professional exams. Yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? So, so, the so, bar. yeah, exactly. So, D-bar. So, so when you, so when you. Uh, oh, I got that all the time. Yes, I, I'm sure you did. So who was your client prior to passing this hump and who is your client now? So I definitely was um, conscious about what type of clients I took on. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my first, well, my first client was a graphic design client. Uh-huh. Right? So um, some, some architecture firms, they'll have graphic design, interior design, and, and the mm-hmm. like. But some of my first design clients were graphic design clients. Okay. I did some illustrations and some other things like that. And it began to understand that I needed to be in various circles to acquire certain work. Were you taught that at school or did you already have a talent to do that kind of drawing and design? Well, some of that, that some of that is taught in school. Okay. And I took some classes with Illustrator and uh-huh. Adobe Photoshop and yes. things like that. Um, and having an artistic background as an architect, um, mm-hmm. you yes. know, those things kind of come easy. Okay. Um, but m- some of my first architectural clients was more more around um, planning. Like yes. Um, developing floor plans for oh. interior uh, out- uh, build-outs. Okay. So um, some things that you don't really need a license for. Um, and then right. I began to get some clients where they wanted me to do things that was under 5,000 square feet, you mm-hmm. know, for instance. Um, and still staying within that the parameters of what I can work within uh, legally. Okay. Um, so, but most largely, they were entrepreneurs from my community. Yes, right. right. Entrepreneurs who really didn't know how to navigate the the legal. You know, sometimes we see it as red tape mm-hmm. to really open a nail salon. And that's right? exactly so why I'm glad I hired you because I did, I was clueless. <laughs> and that's what I want to do. I, I want to remain a resource for our, mm-hmm. for our community. So right. a lot of my neighbors actually, um, so like nail salons, you mm-hmm. know, I did a number of those. Okay. Um, uh, T&S Beauty, you know, okay. those are things that if you know how to do and it's under a certain amount of square footage, you can help really provide right. a, re- a resource for mm-hmm. your community. Right. right. So that's, that's, that was my typical client, Some, something that was under 5,000 square feet, typically an entrepreneur um, who basically went to the city to get a, a uh, <laughs> exactly, went to go to the city or their, you know, municipality to get a business license, uh-huh. and they want to start their salon or whatever it is, and they're like, well, ma'am, you need, or sir, you need an architect or you need some floor plans, right. you know, to actually show oh, us yeah, what, this, what this Did is about. Did you need about. an architect for the law firm? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. I, I have another project. Oh, okay. Okay. I got, yeah. I got you. I got you. So who is your client now? Um, well, Althea is definitely one of our clients. Good. Um, and Althea sits on a whole bunch of boards, so I'm sure uh, <laughs> she's always a resource for that. But mm-hmm. what, what, so, so 
people who do what kind of work? Other nonprofits, all types of businesses. Mm -hmm. Your clients now are more than 5,000 square feet. Who are your clients now? Yes. Absolutely. So our target target market is education, I like to say. So Mm -hmm. it's K-12 facilities, renovation and new Mm -hmm. builds of K-12 facilities, public libraries, and public libraries and board of regents work, so higher ed. So, so you have to bid for those particular absolutely, jobs. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. one of the things I've done, and we've been very successful in the private sector, so uh-huh. um, I mentioned a lot of, you know, rest, we do a lot of restaurants. Oh, nice. Uh, uh-huh. We have one opening in a couple of weeks um, uh, with, uh, what is it called? It's, it's been a while so, uh, don't worry about it. They might not even want you to tell. Oh, coconut grill. I literally just got off the phone with them because we're going through we're going through a uh, process of renovation. Uh, I'm sorry, redoing our our um, logos and designing, re, you know, rebranding. I understand. You know, so I was going to send a photographer to that facility, oh, and he okay. said, "Hey, I already have one. So give me a couple of days, and you'll have some some shots of the new okay. facility." So okay, cool. yeah, coconut grilled off Steve Reynolds. Um, really nice, nicely done facility. Uh, we have a number of historic preservation projects on um, in the MLK district that's okay. underway now, um, and we have um, a number of. Uh, oh, I wanted to get back to the to the educational type project. Yeah, we're gonna really, yeah, because we're really gonna spend we're gonna spend. I promise you, we're gonna spend the whole no second problem. half of the segment on the charter school. Okay. <laughs> so so the so we've done a number of um you know private schools. Okay. Right? We've uh-huh. done some private schools. We we've done some um some educational facilities within um like after school programs. Yes. So we're very much. Home yes, absolutely. Home we found a, thank you, babe. So we definitely found a lot of successes in home health and assistant living facilities. Okay. So um, Rising Star in Stone Mountain uh, was a pretty big renovation that we did there. Yes. Um, so we've done about a dozen or so home care facilities mm-hmm. throughout Metro Atlanta. Okay. And typically those are entrepreneurs as well, you know, okay. uh, which is a, a very great business model. But if you don't have the um, the project lead that could really take you in terms of a facility design mm-hmm. and the implementation of that, um, you're going to be really spinning your wheels for a long time and mm-hmm. get frustrated. And we've seen some some clients where they get into actually building out their facility. Unbeknownst to them, they can't do that. Mm. <laughs> they can't do that, and the fire marshal or the code official will come by and give them Give them a warning. Well, that that, that just seems that doesn't make any sense. I would think that if I hired a contractor, the first thing he would tell me is, "Okay, in order for us to get going, you're going to need an architect, or either bring his architect." You know what I'm saying? I would think that if because because you don't expect the average person to know that. If you hire a contractor, you would think that you that he would be able to tell you that, right? You right. Think you're absolutely right, but. Just just as we're all sitting here as professionals in our respective industries, we understand that there's some mm-hmm. quote-unquote professionals that are not professionals. Yes, so absolutely. Not, the the technique is just simply not <laughs> there. So when I say become a resource and maintain um, existence as a resource for our community, it's a responsible resource. Yes. Well, Tariq, I appreciate you. We are about to... Go to another break, and then we're going to talk about this charter school that we all know and that we're learning about and falling in love with, okay? All right. You're listening to Mind Your Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. We have the vision, the credential. Hello, 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 hello. We are back. We are excited because we're, we are sitting in a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. If you guys could just see the view from this office, it is tremendous. Matter of fact, um, I'm just going to say this because we're going to segue into uh, what Miss Tiffany has to say about her charter school. But um, Tariq told me that you guys met at the building across the... Oh, which way? The Sun... Yeah, I just know Sun Okay, that's <laughs> So, yeah, and it's so cute because 
from uh, Tarek's office, his, his view is that SunTrust building, building, right? Yeah. So I think that that is so, that is like full circle. That is so amazing. So, okay, so now we're going to talk about this charter school. Uh, and first of all, Tariq, tell me how you came to visualize this charter school. And then what role does Tiffany play in this whole vision. Tiffany's the boss. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like Don't it. Train. Mama Don't didn't train. raise no fool. Mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I began starting to really expose young kids to architecture and design as a viable career path through um, my alma mater's chapter of the National Organization of Minority Architecture Students. Mm-hmm. And I was the, which I was the president of that chapter. Um, and I came up with an idea of developing a, uh, a project called, we called it Project World Peace, okay. where we as cha- chapter members built out small pieces, right, to play off that word, um, pieces of, of a house. Mm. And we would assemble these pieces in a gallery for an exhibit for kids to come through and really didactically Understand what is behind the wall, what right. is underneath the so, wall. So, so we know you fell in love. You all kids say, you know how you drive down the street. That's my house. That's my house. Right. That's my house. I love this big <laughs> house, right? But what actually goes into exactly. this house? Exactly. Yes. That's a perfect way of thinking of it. Yes. So it really puts them right in the midst of yes. what it is to mm-hmm. design and build a piece of the house, right? So, and there was also a poetry piece to it. Oh, and, awesome. Um, you know, around the theme of world peace. You know, yeah. so we kind of played off the word peace in a ah. number of uh, various ways of spelling it. So I did that um, in, in the school, right, okay. with, as part of NOMAS. And then when I moved to Atlanta, I began to do those workshops and various other, um, you know, aspects throughout a number of years. Okay. And Tiffany has been very much involved in, in that process as well. So one of the ones that we love to do is super messy, but <laughs> we love to do it. <laughs> the kids always have a ball. So we did this one actually at the Redine Trotty Library. Oh, okay. Uh, when Gina Jenkins, she was actually running that, that library uh, in, in the cab. Okay. And we had about, we wanted to do just a dozen middle school to high schoolers. Uh-huh. Um, and then Gina called us and said, hey, we're getting a huge response. Can you expand it? So we ended up having like 24 kids. Mm. Um, so we gave a, a free youth architectural workshop. It was supposed to be just for you know middle school to high schoolers. I think we even called it a teen workshop. Um, but then there was about three or four little small kids. They ended up coming up with some of the greatest yeah. responses to our, our um our workshop question. So, um, so in this particular workshop, it's a form study workshop where uh-huh. we actually have them pour, create and pour these molds oh. for the plaster over balloons and create these um, quickly curing cubes that have these very specific and um, unique voids within them after they puncture the balloon. So you uh-huh. can imagine not one cube would be the same. Oh, wow. Right? So we would have them do that which was the super messy part, and then they would, they would um, dismantle the box, and then they will have this cube, and each one would be different, and we would teach them what in a plan, a floor plan, and elevation and section is. And they would actually use their piece, their art piece there in front of them, and create on canvas a floor plan, elevation, and section, just like a typical architect would. These are some of the tools that we use every day in our profession. Wow. So we also um, expose them to just in a on a cursory level what architecture is and you know begin to have some questions or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that particular workshop, we ended up doing it two in one. So we did the form study workshop, but then we also did the more traditional Project World Peace, which is actually an award winning um, project wow. by the American Architects Foundation. Okay, okay, that is awesome. So, yeah. so now, Tarek's been doing all this this wonderful thing, all these wonderful things with kids. And so now he's also smart enough to marry a smart woman. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> so, 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 to Tarek, what, what happened after that? Once you had this vision and you're like, okay, 
I can actually do this okay. because not only do I have the talent and the skill of an architect, I now also have this woman who has this uh, graduate degree in education. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> was it was it a no brainer? It really was a no brainer, um, and it came about because I began to do the workshops in a, I build a, um, a curriculum for a high school after school program. And I began to shop it at APS and a number of other private and public school districts. And um, I sat with my uncle, my uncle Charles, the one with the Porsche, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, Uncle Charles. <laughs> and, right, uh-huh. and he's like, he saw the passion. You know, he's definitely a resource for me. I mind his, you know, business mind all the time, right? As we sit on the mind your business, business. Right. <laughs> right? So um, I sat with him, and him knowing how passionate I was about exposing kids to architecture and education, and just me being a designer and my path to archi- being an architect, he he introduced the idea to me that hey, you should do a school with this. And I told Tiffany the idea, hey, and I'll let, I'll let her take okay, it from yeah. so, 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 so Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany, your husband, your husband comes home. Um, did he have to? Did he have to bring dinner and do candlelight, or were you like just all for it? What happened? Well, <laughs> how did this? How did this happen? Well, before I answer that, let me yes. Prior to Tark and I getting together, I had worked in school choice arena around oh, charter school policy yes. development when I lived in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Um, I had also worked with world-renowned educational architects building their international. So they oh, built wow. schools all over the world. Yeah. So I had a lot of experience sort of mm-hmm. in architecture and in charter schools and sort of had gotten beat up a little bit because of what we were trying to do in mm-hmm. Minnesota, um, mm-hmm. which is actually the home of where charter schools started oh, wow. uh-huh. in 1991 in Minnesota. So I had a lot of experience. Yes. And so when he said he wanted to start a charter school, I at first was like, no. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, because I, who wants to go through all that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I wasn't sure he understood, like, the political The politics will, of the it. politics right. uh-huh. and just, like, the strain yep. that it will take. But, you know, we went through some things, and he sort of, you know, persuaded. Yes. He persuaded me. We did some things. Yes. Uh, we we uh, presented at a conference, um, a charter school conference in okay. Georgia mm-hmm. in 2010. Okay. And um, so he, you know, I kind of like put him in that world mm-hmm. of charter school people, mm-hmm. charter school founders to see mm-hmm. like, okay, you sure? Mm-hmm. Go talk to all these people and let me know if you still want to do this. <laughs> right, right. How many times you call crazy that that week? A lot. A lot. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's a really, it's a, it's an incredible amount of work. Yeah, I had, there's a a person that pulled me in that financial arena and he uh, sort of has a long history of charter school, uh, Dr. Bradshaw, Dr. English Bradshaw. And I don't know if he was back there in Minnesota, but I know most of the charter schools in Florida he's established. And he sort of let me in on some of the politics and I thought, wow, you have to really want this. Yeah. uh, Because the school districts are not friendly. Well, yeah, and it depends on where you are. Yeah, it depends yeah. on what district, what state, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. every state is different. Minnesota right. is different because it's sort of where it started. There's a lot more authorizers in mm-hmm, Minnesota, mm-hmm. so you can go to different ah, groups. You can go to different ah. groups to start a school. It's not as many down here in Georgia. So what is it now? It's, it's you can either do state or or school district. Well, here. you have to go through your district. Okay. No matter what. Okay. And so if that doesn't work out, then you have the opportunity to go to the state. So you have to go district first, and right. then you have to be denied by the district. I see to go to the yes. state. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So we're going through the state um, right now for um, TCAD is what we call it for short because it's a, it's a somewhat long name. Okay, give us a long name. So it's yeah. Architects Community Academy for Architecture okay. and Design. Oh, nice, uh, nice. It's after Architecture. But every word is important. So Community right. Academy is really important because it's grounded in the community. Yes. It's grounded. I mean, our, our mission is to expose students to architecture and design in a learner-centered environment. Right. Um, which promotes creative, critical thinking and develops mm-hmm. conscious community leaders. Okay. All right. So, Let me ask you something. How, how much, uh, so, so apparently you were denied by the district. That's why you're at the state level. Okay. So, so how much does the state actually pay attention to research on, you know, these different innovative schools? Because I used to work with uh, a, a large nonprofit um, that was in the, uh, uh, they rehabilitated juvenile delinquents. And one okay. of the reasons why they were so successful is because they took a non-traditional route. Yeah. 
They made sure that students were interested. They gave them something to be interested in. They taught from that standpoint. So, for instance, we taught scuba diving. And so it, within scuba diving, you had to learn math, right? Because you had to, oh, right, you understand? So there's a STEM, there's a STEM you know, um, curriculum in, and the fact that, you know, we had these students that just love the water, you know, they love boating, they love scuba diving, they love these things, we were able to teach find teaching moments around those things. Right. And we had a lower recidivism rate than boot camps or anything else, right? And so in, in the state of Florida, a lot of times I would, because I used to work for that nonprofit, I would try to use some of that data and bring it over to the charter school environment and say this is why a lot of innovative charter schools work because we are taking some of your students who don't necessarily work out in the traditional classroom sure. and we're trying something else. Um, I don't know that that there was an overwhelming response to that data. What, 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 what do you find? Do you find that the state is pro-charter school, especially if there's an innovative component, or what well, do you find? Well, I mean, I think they are. I mean, I think even the county is trying to move in that direction. I see. Uh -huh. um, to be a charter district, um, to okay. have more options and flexibility within their schools. But, and there's a lot of research around charter schools because they've been around now 25 years. Good. Uh -huh. So, um, and, you know, rightfully, if charters don't work out, they should be closed. Right. And that doesn't that's happen right. with district schools. Right. If that's right. Educating, right? That's right. So there's a lot of research that supports doing things in innovative ways. But, mm -hmm. you know, and as I say that, I think it's also important, especially what we're planning for TCAD, is that we want teachers, we want professionals in that school that are willing to take a risk. That's because right. You, you really can't always evaluate things that haven't been tried yet. Yep, you can't sure. research what you That's haven't, right. what you That's haven't right. come up with. That's right. So even though, yes, we know there's some best practices around learner-centered, um, we're, we're going to do a big push, like many schools, to personalize learning because mm -hmm. um, we find a lot of research on that that talks about how um, engaged that makes each student mm -hmm. and that we don't have to necessarily be teaching to one trying to teach and get every kid to be like on the same level at the same time that mm -hmm. we can really create individualized learning plans okay. for each student um, but all under this umbrella of design thinking using architecture, engineering and design um, because the jobs like our five year old the jobs, you know, other than being an architect um, <laughs> the jobs that he might do or his age they um, they you know, it, they don't exist, uh, right? So jobs are being eliminated and changed, and new jobs are being created every day. Mm -hmm. So we can't really, we have to prepare students to be critical thinkers, to know how to solve problems, and okay. that's the most important thing. But what we're going to do, Tiffany, we're going to take a break, and then I want you to come back and talk about your school like you are passionately talking about it. Tell us what our Mind Your Business listeners need to do and how we can get behind you and okay. help this school take flight. Will do. All right. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. All right. We are back. Uh, mind your business listeners, we are back with Tarkitects, and we are talking to Tarek and Tiffany. Did I pronounce it right? Have I it's Tarek. Tarek. I love you. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, excuse me. Count it A to lot of my, my good friends call me Tarek. Count it to my head and not my heart. <laughs> All right. So, so we are talking about Tarkitects, and we're talking about now the school, the charter school. So, so Tiffany, you were telling us some things about your innovative vision for educating these students. What, what, what? Tell us, finish telling us about your vision. Well, one of the other questions I have: What students are are you are targeting to targeting. get? Am mm -hmm. I targeting? Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying. That's that Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For this particular charter yes. school. Yes, yes, yes. So. Um, so we are focused around um, South DeKalb, uh -huh. so that is our business because yes. that's mm -hmm. where we live at. Um, so we're we're starting with K K five kindergarten to fifth grade. Yes, um, and then we'll scale up um, a grade a year to eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Our ultimate vision is to go all the way to twelfth grade. Oh, wonderful! Um, so anyone in DeKalb 
not just South DeKalb, even though we're, we focused in South DeKalb, right. but anyone in the district of DeKalb will be able to attend TCAB. Oh, that's awesome. Does the student have to have a special interest in architecture? No. I mean, we are a full-blown school. So, you know, everything that that comes with the school, we have developed our own curriculum that's, that's mapped to the Georgia State standards mm-hmm. and the Common Core standards, but it's innovative in the sense that it's project-based. Mm-hmm. So we're always targeting everything back through design-oriented projects. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yeah, so even for little kids. I mean, so a lot of times when we talk about the school, people automatically assume it's just a high school. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, architecture high school, that makes sense. Right. No. I was like, no, we're starting K-5. And they're yeah. like, well, why are you starting with little kids? I'm like, because they're the most creative. Exactly. They haven't been jaded yet. They haven't been told, you know, in most situations yeah. that they can't do something. That's right. right. And they, they are open. Right. And so we want to, and we know, given research, et cetera, with the, the proficiencies in math and how you know mm-hmm. black students typically lag behind, right? Um, white students and Hispanic students, but we know that we have to get them as young as possible. Mm-hmm. And we have children when the school starts that'll be in second, third. I don't know, our youngest is sort of like a mm-hmm. little advanced, mm-hmm. so we're not sure what grade he'll be in by the time we open, and then fourth and fifth. So, um, so it was important that we start with young students and grow the seeds. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, and because we know that it's going to take that kind of time to mm-hmm. really develop, you know, develop, help them develop. Okay. Um, now, since you all are probably formed a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, this nonprofit organization will have a charter housed in it. Um, what, how, you're, are you guys on a fundraising campaign right now? Yes, we are. Because you're going to, like you're always, right? Because yes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, you're a nonprofit organization. So right, always, right. Yes. And so we, we receive funding per pupil that mm-hmm. we enroll um, from the state. Right. But there is a gap between what we get from the state and what the district gets for that same student. Okay. Um, and we also have to manage our own facility. Right. Um, we have to basically de- design and develop our own food program. Right. You know, a lot of schools outsource, but we really want to mm-hmm. have our food program in-house because I think that's, you know, very important that our students eat healthy food mm-hmm. um, oh, love it. yeah mm-hmm. so um, and we want to have a garden and things like that because that's yes. science that's it, it teaches mm-hmm. them to really care for their community okay and care about the, their bodies and their physical structure yeah. you know what they put in it is, is essential um, so so what was the question so, so the funding <laughs> the fundraising yeah, yeah, that's okay that receives you know some, some generous grants uh, from New Schools for Georgia, which we're part of, and Tiffany can talk yeah. more about that, in which we're also part of X2. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we're part of the first cohort of New Schools for Georgia, which oh, is a charter school incubator through yes. the Georgia Charter School Association. Mm-hmm. So we're part of that, and we did receive a grant from that. Um, and we're doing a separate process that many people don't know about called um, XQ Super School, oh. and it's through the XQ Institute. So uh, Lauren... Um, Lauren Powell Jobs, Steve Jobs' wife. Yes. She donated $50 million, <clears throat> excuse me, to the XQ Institute, and it's essentially a contest to discover America's next super school high schools. Wow. And so we're part of that national competition, and we've uh, recently uh, reached semifinals. Oh, Great. wonderful. So awesome. 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 Yeah, so it's awesome. huge. It's yes. a huge ordeal. It, it potentially could be $10 million, mm-hmm. um, which would just like, yeah, you know, we yeah, we'll take all the issues, right? Yeah, right. and it comes with a lot of support and et cetera. So okay, uh, so we're doing that as well, and that's just, that would just be for high school, and then we're doing the petitioning process for the elementary, the elementary school. So fundraising is essential, you know, to have. Um, we're looking for you know really um, board members who are passionate about mm-hmm. this school mm-hmm. and helping us do that. Um, but anyone can you know make a donation if they want to. Just get in touch with us. On our website, TCAD, which is tcaad.org, um, or you know you can find our information on the website. And we have a Facebook group that's okay. We probably have like 220 people on our Facebook. Oh, good. Group. Okay. So, now, now, are you planning on trying to get this school off the ground for the fall for semester 2016? No. Um, if we when we get approved, and it'll be like late August when we know. Okay. The school will open next 17, August, 2017. Yeah, 2017. So yeah, so. 
So people will start taking, once we get approved, then we can start doing pre-enrollment. Yes. And then we would, in January, just like the timeline for every mm-hmm. other school, we yeah. would do, if we had to, we would do a lottery. Right. Grades that, you know, there was more applicants than spots. Okay. So. And how many spots do you have? Did so you budget for? We're going to start with 210 students. So okay. Kindergarten, first, second, and third, that will be 40 students each. Okay. And uh-huh. then we're going to start with a small fourth and fifth this year with uh-huh. 25 students each just okay. because <clears throat> we kept going back and forth whether to be K3 or K5. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, well, look, we're going to do K5 mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons, but we'll just start with sort of half. And then next year, that um, fourth, fifth, well, fourth, fifth, yeah, fourth, fifth, and sixth will then go to 50 students. Okay. So the ultimate capacity of the school would be around 410 students. So you have a building already. We do have a facility that's been um, that we have. Um, our realtor has has found us. That's you know it was a, a Christian school was in there. It's mm-hmm. been nobody's been in that We're building. We're working with Collier's International jobs yeah. over there, and he's been wonderful. Oh, right? that's awesome! So there's resources. a potential facility. There's a number of facilities. There's another one. Cap, yeah. Right. There's another one that we really want, but it costs like what was that one? Like two point nine million dollars mm. for that building but it's like beautiful campus it was an old marketing company okay. like really down the street from the building that we're at now okay so but we think we have enough space in that first building to do a k-8 okay you know, we couldn't do the high school in there okay right, right, I think, right i think we did we could do the k-8 okay in there. but we said we have to do some renovations i mean we definitely have to paint some new flooring, um, and upstairs doesn't have any windows. And, yeah. you know, oh, the architect will figure that well, out. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would that's say where that. donations will come in. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there might, I don't know, in all these grants, are there any money for capital improvements? No. Well, yeah. I mean, some, but not probably not much. as much as it used to be. Yeah, so, we need money. We okay, so, so 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 regardless of so regardless of the grants and everything, as any nonprofit and any type of vision that's going to take place within the next couple of years, we need money. So mind your business, listeners. Again, how do we get in touch? How do we support you? We can go to your Facebook page, right? And how do we go to your Facebook page? Um, it's Facebook. What is it? Facebook.com backslash TCAD. So T C A A D. So T C A A D. Right. Okay, and you have a website and that's uh, tcaad.org okay dot org now do we have anything on your site uh, about the school okay and so how do we contact you uh i would i would also say for the school um do info at tcat.org that is always a good okay okay email Um, but Uh for myself you can you can do uh info at tarkitects.org or t abdullah at tarkitects.org okay okay and that's tarkitects t Architects with the S at the end. Oh, that's okay, awesome. Okay, great. We, yeah. we have had a good time. Absolutely. And I learned a we, lot. We, we kind of do an up class today, right? Because this is kind of like, we had a, you guys, we are at a marble table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and white, white leather seats. Yes. Okay. It's, I mean, you're not. Your office is not shabby by any means, out there. But I'm just kind of like, I don't have this view. <laughs> I know. I, 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 but you do have a pool. Well, that's true. I do look at a pool when you let me, but you don't even let me face that way when I'm on the air. But listen, <laughs> we have had a good time over here with Tarkitex. Thank you. Thank you. Tarek. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. And God bless you. And we're going to make sure that this is a success, right? Okay. You have been listening to Mind Your Business Radio, your business education station, your business, your family, your, your life. life. See you next week.